Uh, but we will do a little uh, rehash, uh, particularly in the song here. Uh, so let's read together. Exodus 15, uh, 1 through 21. Then Moses and the sons of Israel sang this song to the Lord. And I will sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. The horse and the rider he has hurled into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song. He has become my salvation. This is my God. I will praise him. My father's God and I will extol him. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his army he has cast into the sea, and the choices of his officers have drowned in the Red Sea. The deep covers them. They went down into the depths like a stone. Your right hand, O Lord, is majestic in power. Your right hand, O Lord, shatters the enemy. And in the greatness of your excellence, you overthrow those who rise up against you. You send forth your burning anger, and it consumes them as chaff. At the blast of your nostrils, the waters were piled up. The flowing water stood up like a heap. The deeps were congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue, I will overtake, I will divide the spoils. My desire shall be gratified against them. I will draw out my sword, my hand will destroy them. But you blew with your wind, and the sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. Who is like you among gods, uh, O Lord? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in praises, working wonders? You stretched out your right hand, the earth swallowed them. In your loving kindness you have led the people whom you have redeemed. In your strength you have guided them to your holy habitation. The people have heard, they tremble. Anguish has gripped the inhabitants of Philistia. Then the chiefs of Edom were dismayed. The leaders of Moab, trembling, grips them. All the inhabitants of Canaan have melted away. Terror and dread fall upon them. By the greatness of your arms you are motionless as stone until your people pass over, Lord, until the people pass over whom you have purchased. You will bring them and plant them in the mountain of your inheritance, the place, O Lord, which you have made for your dwelling, the sanctuary, O Lord, which your hands have established. The Lord shall reign forever and ever. For the horses of Pharaoh and his chariots and his horsemen went into the sea, and the Lord brought back the waters of the sea on them. But the sons of Israel walked on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And then we turn and we see that Mary and the prophetess, there and sister, took the timbrel in her hand, and all the women went out about with her and Mary and answered sing to the Lord for he is highly exalted the horse and his riders cast in the sea and what we see here is after Moses sings his song that Marion takes up that song and begins singing it with the people she teaches them that song and has them sing it over and over and over again we see that this is one of um, the great songs in uh, the entire compilation of the Bible and in Revelations 15 3 we see this uh, remark and they sang the song of Moses, the bondservant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are your works, O Lord God Almighty, the right and righteous and true are your ways, King of the nations. The songs are meant to be sung. Some of you have your favorite songs, yes? You know them by heart? You just feel it and you start singing it, right? Do you guys have a... Uh, a way that you discern the song that you sing in the shower or that you burst out to whenever you feel like it, right? There are certain ones. Have you ever thought about what it looks like if we turned our songwriting uh, ability or lack thereof to the Lord and what He has done in our life? As we're going to do a couple introductory remarks, I want us this morning to do something a little different. I want us to try, I want you to try to write your own song this morning. So as we look at the individual verses of what Moses extols, I'm going I'm to um, 
help us understand that each one of these things as we're in Christ are things that we can speak to in our own lives, right? What did this look like for me? And so um, as we're thinking about what, uh, what patterns are helpful for us or what training wheels are helpful for us, I think all of us uh, would be uh, encouraged to remember, right, how God has acted on our behalf and who he is to us personally. And so uh, as we think about uh, Moses writing a song, he's thinking like, man, he, the Lord is awesome. I want to never forget this moment and all the things that led up to this moment. How might I do that? And a song is the way. So let's look at some markers in Moses' life uh, up until this point, and then we'll spend a good bit of time um, kind of tracking through um, seven things. I'm going to arbitrarily just count seven, all right? Doesn't that feel good? Um, there could be a few more. There could be a few less, but I'm going to uh, pick out seven ideas here. Uh, but let's look first at um, markers for Moses. So the first one is his, uh, his miraculous birth. Do we remember of what the call was um, from uh, Pharaoh about uh, the children of Israel? Was Moses supposed to make it? Was he supposed to make it past childbirth? He was not. Okay? His birth was miraculous. Right? Through uh, many people's obedience, through many people's boldness, through many people's um, strength of conviction, right? that they stood in the gap right? physically, spiritually, uh, for the children of Israel, that they did not do what Pharaoh had commanded. And so Moses was one of many that were saved in this way. The second thing um, that we marker for Moses is that he a slave, he knew he was a Hebrew the entire time, but he grew up in the palace and family of Pharaoh, right? He, was, he saw things and experienced things and was able to do things that Nobody of his generation, right? Nobody of his pedigree, nobody of his uh, character, ethnicity would have ever done, right? And so the Lord orchestrated that not just to save him, right, but to uh, put him in a place that he wouldn't have otherwise been. That was a marker. We see after uh, Moses' mistake of killing um, the Egyptian that he lived in exile for 40 years, there's 40 years where he learned uh, a trade, where he was uh, separate from his own people, living amongst the people of different ethnicity. And that is a considerable amount of time. As I am 45 years old, I can't imagine being in one place as an adult for 40 years and then actually doing something else. <laughs> the next marker we remember is the burning bush. Right? This is where uh, God got Moses' attention. This is where he uh, marked to himself, where he shared his name, where he gave Moses um, to told him how he was going to be used, uh, what he was going to do for him, where he first began uh, a relationship with God Almighty. And then post that burning uh, bush thing, we have where God made uh, Moses a prophet, right where Moses... Uh, had been against a different fair right is in the court where a place where he'd never thought he'd be again speaking to uh, Pharaoh we see him being an overseer and an instrument of God's justice in the ten plagues of Egypt right it was him that had to go before Pharaoh every time and announce this judgment have you ever had to give somebody bad news is it awesome Moses had to go before Pharaoh and ask him to do something that he knew he wouldn't do. Does that sound like a good time? 
I'm going to go ask my boss to do something that he wants to do less of anything he's ever done in his entire life. And then let me pronounce judgment on him when he doesn't do it. I need you to kind of sit in like what Moses had to do there. Only through God's uh, immense strength and power was he able to do that. And then he had, do you think it was awesome once? Well, he had to keep going back as he inflicted more and more pain on Pharaoh. This person is the most powerful person in the world at this time. Over and over again, he asks him again, were you going to let my people go? Okay, well, here's the consequences now that you don't. Ten times he had to do that until he was uh, removed from Pharaoh's face. And then lastly, under duress from the Egyptian army, right? he had to lead a people through a wall of water. <laughs> Can you think about that? We think about the just act of it. Can you imagine? All right, so let's walk a million people through that, through that uh, alley there. Have you ever walked through an alley that you didn't want to walk through? Anybody? That's a, that's a good time, yes? <laughs> imagine trying to get lots and lots and lots of people safe through a place that you feel really, really, really unsure of. This feels like many mission trips that I've led. <laughs> Except magnify that to the to like a, what's that, where you have the 10 times the scientific notation. All right, God, we're about to play. Oh, the water. Oh, the sea. Okay. Right, he did that. He had to walk through that people. You know the pit in your stomach when you don't, you're doing something that you don't want to do? And then think about how long it would take for the first person through the millionth to walk through that alley of water. Do you think that he was like really confident the whole time? Please, water, <laughs> please just hold up a little bit longer. That, uh, that is crazy. And so, so some things have happened to Moses. There's some things supernaturally that he, uh, that he should celebrate. Have you had something to you that you're just, oh, that was great. Thanks, thanks God. And we don't sit and dwell on his immense goodness to us. Right, the immense power that it took to, uh, for that thing to happen. Do we not want to forget? It, it needs to become uh, a habit of ours, if it hasn't become a habit already, and today can begin that habit, that we remember that we take time to reflect on God's goodness in our lives. If it is not your current habit, it needs to become one that you reflect on God's goodness in your life, that you sit and think about how good He is to you how many blessings you have, the individual incidents that he has brought you through, what are those? And so, um, so I want us to think about, as we look at Moses' song, right, I want you to think about your song. And so, uh, so real quick, I want you to think, uh, kind of put yourselves in this, is who do you think, share this around your table, is the greatest songwriter? No, no wrong answers here. All right, who, for your money, who's your favorite songwriter? <laughs> Guys, don't make your man card be revoked here. <laughs> Aaron, there's a slide for, for that question. If someone was going to write a song for you, who, who would you ask to do it? 
All right. Um, I'm so interested to hear some of these, <laughs> some of these answers. Um, I heard somebody over here ask, you know, do we have to consider their morality? I mean, just their competence. You know. <laughs> that would uh, that would limit the field pretty precipitously. <laughs> All right, so uh, Becca, what what did y'all have a consensus or uh, some ideas? Okay, what was yours? Who? Okay, Al Seti. Did I say that right? Who? What did he write? Okay, cool. All right, nice. If you haven't heard him, you know, check him out. All right, back table. Oh, split. All right, what were we? Sinatra and Chris Stapleton. Okay, I don't know how many songs Sinatra wrote of his own. Oh, they're very good. Oh, no doubt, no doubt. Sorry, I didn't. Need, I shouldn't have probably thrown that out there. All right, what about right here? He's like, I will throw things. Alan Jackson. Nice. <laughs> I like that there was consensus. Everybody, one, two, three. Alan Jackson. Well done. All right. What we got? What we got down here? Okay. Yeah. I hear you. Phil Collins? <laughs> love, love Phil Collins. He should have his own station. All right. What we got down here? Billy has strong opinions. Danny does as well. Ah, okay. So y'all really, really got into it. Okay. Oh, well done. Well done. All right. Who? <laughs> okay. All right. Well done. All right. <laughs> Degenerates. I love it. All right. All right. We don't want to think too deeply about this, just like a quick. <laughs> wow, okay. So we, we went, we, went uh, we zagged over here. Thank you all for sharing. I hope that was, uh, no, no, that was good. No, that was good. That was good. Um, so no, no wrong answers there. Um, so when we think about... Um, we think about songs that are meaningful to us, right? They're, they're meaningful for lots of different ways, but I think it's helpful for us to think about the song that we would write for ourselves. And so as we look at this, we, again, we want to see what, what Moses says. We want to celebrate that, right? That is our spiritual history. These are things that we benefit from, right? There are things that we need to look to and need to reflect on. And so the Song of Moses is a song um, that, you should, that you should sing, right? That you should spend some time with. Um, but I think uh, that we all can use um, uh, some reflection on our own stuff. And so let's start as we look here. This microphone is fighting me. Um, so let's look here at um, 
seven different things that we want to point out about Moses' song. Um, how many of you, this, is, this might be a stinkly guy thing, but I want to see if other guys experience this. So you know, like you've watched the game, or you played the game, and maybe somebody can think about the girl equivalent of this, right? And you've, like, you've just won your softball game, or you've just won whatever. And then guys, right after it's done, we like to do the rehash, okay, about it. Remember that great hit? Remember when you did this? Remember when that happened? That was awesome. That's basically how the conversation goes. Just as long as people are excited about it, right? We can also do this for games we did not participate in. <laughs> that we just watched, and they were just like, hey, I know we spent four hours watching the game, but let's spend another hour rehashing the game that we just watched, right? Guys, yes, right? You're like, I love it, I do it right now. Is there a girl, do girls do that? Do you rehash like an evening or a thing that you do, like with passion and exuberance? Okay. So it's just different, different things that you watch. Do you remember? So this is, I want us to think in that, in that scene, think about Moses' emotions when like, they're on the other side of, um, of the Red Sea. right? And he just reflects back on, like, how in the world did we get here? I shouldn't have been born, <laughs> and I'm just out in the wilderness with a million people. Like, what, like, how did I get here? Now, some of us maybe have reflected in a negative way, right, that you've been in a bad place in your life, yep, and you reflected and you're like, how did I get here? And you went back and you remembered maybe the poor decision that you made, right? It could have been over an evening, it could have been over several years, but you're at a place where you're like, God, how did I get here? And we begin to answer that question. Well, Moses' answer, right, is... One of overwhelming, right, joy and satisfaction. That he wants, to, he wants to take time to give credit where credit is due. And so I want us, uh, that to be our emotional state. Uh, to reflect on that which uh, God has brought us through. And I want you to remember that each of the spaces where God was victorious was something awesome happening in Moses' life each and every time God was victorious. Was, were they high-fiving when he finished um, a... Uh, uh, a mountain marathon, <laughs> or or some of the, or were these some of the hardest things that he's ever gone through, and yet God got him through them. So the first one, let's look at verse one, and so here is kind of your first category. And what I want you to do in our short time together is just if you've got some notes or notes on your phone, I want you to just begin under these headings, right. Uh, talking about like what would I put under here? What's my content, right under um, under each of these settings? So the first one is I will praise him because he is worthy of praise. I will praise him because he is worthy of praise. I want to back up one verse, verse 31 in chapter 14. And when Israel saw the great power which the Lord had used against Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and they believed in the Lord and in his servant Moses. When we see God move, that is, right, that should be our reaction. That we fear him because he has shown himself, right? He exists. If the Lord exists, he is to be feared. And when he does things for us, he is to be believed because he said he would do it. 
And we also can, um, can put more faith, right, in those that are his, those that seek to be led by him, right, and his servant Moses. And then in verse uh, 1 of chapter 15, Then Moses and the sons of Israel sang this song to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. The horse and the rider he has hurled into the sea. And you'll see this phrase um, throughout the Old Testament, particularly several times in this. The horse and his rider he has hurled into the sea. Um, at, this time in the, um, at this time in history, there's nothing more powerful than the horse and his rider. It could not be overcome. Uh, battles were won and lost because of um, how many horses you had and how many men who were skilled at riding them. That's how, that's how the equation went. We got 10, they got 20, we're going to lose. And yet it's this measure, right, of stability, of fierceness, of um, greatness of the army and its rulers, right, of power that Moses uh, keys in on. Lord, the Lord is exalted because he, more than any other person, he takes that horse and his rider, which we see as a power and a, and a means um, of repression and uh, leadership, is he just tosses him away. Why is the Lord worthy to be praised? I just want you to take some time. Okay, you don't, you don't have to discuss around. Just take some individual time and just write some stuff down. Why, why is he worthy to be praised in our, in our time? What can he do that nobody else can do? Just write that down. Take a minute. This is like, don't like, I could do this later. Like, do it right now. <clears throat> Except the external structure. I will sing to the Lord for he is highly exalted. What highly exalts him? in our culture? What does he do that no one else can do? Do you have anything to praise God for that is supernatural? Not that God did it quicker than the mechanic could do it or that the surgeon could do it, right? But what could only God do? All right, so as you're thinking about that or you are having a hard time, here is a challenge to you, right? God is a supernatural God. He is more powerful than any created thing. He loves you and he wants to do for you. Are we not asking him for supernatural things? Are we asking him for stuff that Tylenol can take care of? Are we asking him for stuff that elective surgery can take care of? I'm not saying that we don't ask for skill for the surgeon and all the stuff that we fill our kind of prayer times for. Those are not wrong. But those need to be secondary to praying for things that only God can do. That means that we're not in the business of wanting God to do them. Do we care about his kingdom come? Do we care about his will be done? That is a challenge to me. Does my, um, is God's power, if my prayers were answered... If my prayers were answered, good question right down. If my prayers were answered, would God be the only one who could possibly get credit? If my prayers were answered, is God the only one who could possibly get credit? And so that is a real challenge to me, Rob. What are you praying for that only God can do? Because as I look right at my prayer list and I, see the, and I, and I write those things down and I see those prayers answered, 
I have I, I immediately go to praise. I immediately go to thanks because he deserves anybody that does anything for you. If you're hungry and they bring you a Chick-fil-A sandwich, like you exalt them immediately. We do. This is human nature. When we are given something that we appreciate, we say thank you. And so are we appreciating God for the things he does? And I would say that starts with asking him for things that only he can do. That is a challenge. I will praise him because he is worthy of praising. All right, the second thing, and this goes a little deeper, the second half of 1 through 7, that God has done things, and I recognize that he is now my salvation. Do we recognize, do we, do we downplay kind of what God did on the cross for us? Do we downplay the person of Jesus and what he went through for us? I will sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. The horse and the rider he has hurled into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song. He has become my salvation. He recognizes that I can be saved by no one else. Like, we can know this intellectually. We can have believed at a certain time, but is it something that we are currently trusting in? Right? He is my salvation. Active tense. Is that something that I've said to him, that I've reminded him that there is no one else. No other name under heaven by which we must be saved, that are being saved, will be saved. This is my God and I will praise him. Is he your God? Will you praise him? Moses says he is and he will. He is my father's God and I will extol him. He remembers back to generations past that were obedient to the Father. That I remember that the, the, my God, who I've accepted personally, was also my Father's God. And I praise Him for that. Thank you for meeting the needs of my family through generations. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is His name. Is the Lord absent from your life? Or is He a warrior for you? I promise you, I need Him to be a warrior for me, do you? Is your life such... <laughs> That you don't need God. I was talking with several uh, sets of people this way about how, how we struggle with being practical atheists from day to day. Hey, today I was basically an atheist today because I didn't need him and I didn't, I didn't uh, acknowledge him. I didn't seek him. I didn't praise him. I just didn't need God today. And didn't it feel like it was kind of day to day for us? We wake up in days and we need him. We call out to him. He fights for us. He fights alongside us. And there's other days where we're like, I'm good, God. And we sideline him. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. Verse 4, Pharaoh's chariots and his army is cast into the sea, and the choices of his officers are drowned in the Red Sea. It doesn't matter their skill. It doesn't matter their might. It doesn't matter how big. It doesn't matter how many. Right? They got no chance against the Lord. Your troubles, your insecurities, your worries, my struggles, my insecurities, my worries, they don't stand a chance. The people that are against me, they're chumps. Right? Isn't that the most dismissive word? Man, you're a chump. Probably Lil Wayne works that into his, into his songs as much as possible. It's very degrading. If somebody called me a chump, I don't you know, want to fight real easily, but I might. 
Verse 5, the deep covers them. There's no coming back from what the Lord, when the Lord judges. They went down in the depths like a stone. Thy right hand, O Lord, is majestic in power. Thy right hand, O Lord, shatters the enemy in the greatness of thine excellence. You overthrow those who rise up against me. The greatness of your excellence, you rise up against those who are against me. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. There are people that are against you. There are forces that are against you. There is a spiritual realm that is against you. But God says, but Moses reminds himself that through thine excellence, you overthrow those who rise up against me. You send forth your burning anger because that boy or that gal is mine. How dare you? And he consumes them as chaff. Right, our culture, many other cultures um, glorify virileness, strength, youth, bigness, might. Right, and he says, when I come to judge, they will be consumed like chaff, like they're literally just straw. I I was weeding uh, my grass. There's some grass in March, early March. I'm like, oh gosh, got to start doing yard work again. Right, but I'm picking out just these little weeds, and I mean, they're nothing. They literally are nothing. Like, I could crumble them up where you couldn't even see when I did. This is what he calls our enemies. They're nothing. They're chaff. Right, God has done things, and I recognize him as the salvation. Is that things you do? What things has he done in your life, right? What things has he done in your life that you need to recognize that only he could do, right? And that that means that he is your salvation. What do we lose? This is a, maybe um, a quick discussion around your table. What do we lose when we don't praise God on the regular? So we can praise him in song, but what, when we don't thank him, when, we don't, when you're not thankful for people in your life, what do we lose? Kick this around your table real quick. What do we lose when we don't praise God on the regular? All right, real, real quick, what, um, uh, just kind of shout out to me some things that we lose when we praise God. Uh, we don't praise God on a regular basis. Credibility. Credibility. Perspective. Perspective. What else? Joy. Joy. What else? Appreciation. Appreciation. Confidence. Confidence. Right, it's a lot of stuff. Um, There's more things unnamed. Um, I think what I um, probably gain the most when I praise God is just humility. Like I remember that I, you know, uh, am not the author of the things that I do, you know, particularly the the things that are honoring to him. All right, so let's look at these last couple as we finish up here. Um, So verses 7 through 10 uh, so those who rise up against you will not prevail. So I want you to think about in um, any areas of life where people were against you, right, and the Lord saved you out of that, that, that you were the prevailer, right, that they didn't, they, they didn't end you, right, that, that they didn't get you down, that, they didn't, um, that you were able to overcome the particular situation. 
We read this, In the greatness and excellence you overthrow those who rise up against you. You send forth a burning anger, it consumes them as chaff. Verse 8, In the blast of thy nostrils uh, the waters were piled up. The flowing waters stood up like a heap. The deeps were congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I pursue, I will overtake, I will divide the spoil, and my desire will be gratified against them. I'll draw my sword and my hand will destroy them. And verse 10, and you just blew some wind and you covered them up. Right? Who has, who are your enemies that have not prevailed against you? The next category, verses 11 through 13, there's no one like you in character and deed. I want you to write down some characteristics of God that he is unlike anyone you know. I'll give you some starter ones. He is more forgiving than anybody you know. He is more powerful than anybody you know. He is more encouraging than anybody you know. He is more giving than anybody you know. What would you say about his character? How is it different than anyone that you know? No one is like him. Only he is like this. All right, number five, verses 14 through 16. They have heard how you protect your people and are afraid to challenge. That Moses and the people of Israel are known, right, to, for God to be their God, that, that he protects them, right, that he meets their needs. Can we imagine if, if we were a people of praise and a people of giving credit where credit is due? That they're like, oh, Danny, Danny's God. I, I don't know what I want to mess with Danny. <laughs> that the real issue is really that we're not telling people enough about what the Lord is doing in our life. He's actually doing it. We're just not sharing. I want to go to Danny because I want to know Danny's God. That we, that we celebrate him that much. That we see that Danny Scott can do what, all, that what we can't. They're afraid to challenge. Or they want to, to come to that person. Number six, you lead us sovereignly where you want us to go. Where have you actually followed where he's wanted you to go? Write some of those things down. They might not have been as frequent as you would like them to be, but there are times, I, I pray, I hope, there have been many in my life where I have been obedient and I have enjoyed the Lord's benefits. What are those? Right, it's a big deal for us to allow, to um, kind of bow down to God's sovereign. God, God, you lead. You are powerful. I know I've got plans. I know I've got thoughts. I know I've got things I want to input. But Lord, you are the one um, who gets to make these decisions for me. The people have heard they tremble. Anguish has gripped the inhabitants of Philistia. 15, then the chiefs of Edom were dismayed. The leaders of Moab trembling grips them. All the inhabitants of Canaan were melted away. Are we 67? The terror and dread fall upon them. By the greatness of thine arm, they are motionless as stone. Until the people pass over, or Lord, until the people pass over, 
over whom you have purchased, that will bring them and plant them in the mountain of thine inheritance, the place, O Lord, which thou hast made for thy dwelling, the sanctuary, O Lord, which thou hands have established. Right, that he had a plan to bring them through. It's not just to, you know, go play. Right, he brought them out to bring them in. He brought them out of slavery to bring them into a place that he's prepared for them. He brought them out from a life of fear and anxiety and worry, right, where they were nothing to where they were something. From people who are uh, consumed with their own things to being, con- being consumed with God's things. Right? He's moved them from slaves to he wants to move them to priests. And he wants to do the same thing for you. What has he led you sovereignly in and placed you where he wanted you to go? Write some stuff there. And then lastly, and this is a fill in the blank, right in, uh, in 18, right? God is bigger than blank. I think some of you this morning need to remind yourselves of what he is bigger than. Is he bigger than your dreams? Is he bigger than your worries? Is he bigger than what's right in front of you? The Lord shall reign forever and ever. And ever and ever. And as the police sergeant says in the sandlot, forever. 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 Do you need to hear that this morning? He doesn't rain right up until the time that the thing is going to, stuff's going to hit the fan. He rains past that. The Lord shall reign forever and ever. Who is the Lord, uh, who is God bigger than? So as we close here, just uh, take some time if you don't have to rush off to choir of sharing um, just any of those things that you wrote down or talk about whatever your thoughts were as far as as you think back about, right, what God has done about the content of your song. Do I need more content? Right, then you need to use God. He's there for you to make content (laughs) in this context. He wants to be your God. He wants to be your salvation. He wants to meet your need. He wants to defeat your enemies. Will you let him? Let's pray. Father, as um, you have challenged me, Father, to give you all the credit that is due you, Lord, it has been immensely um, just humbling. Father, I don't need a God in my life who's small, and there is, I need him, I need a big God. I need a big God who's sovereign over creation, a big God who's sovereign over the universe, a big God who's sovereign over history. I need a God who, can, uh, who wants to deal with me with, uh, when I'm in my sin. I have a God who wants to forgive me when I repent. I want a God who wants to teach me when I'm dumb. I want a God who wants to encourage me when I need it. And Father, I pray that we would remember that Moses wasn't just excited to be done with his many trials and the things that he uh, was burdened with. Father, he wants to exalt you because you are the one that needs to be exalted in any and every circumstance. You are God forever and ever and ever. 
Lord, would you bring joy into our life as we remember what a great God you are to us personally and what a great God you have been to those who have given testimony to it. We love you, Father. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. So take a minute to discuss, and then I'll, I'll dismiss us in just a few.